Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football hall of famer. I imagine a heavy investor in dog coin, the one and only Tony Casillas, TC. What up? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you, How are you today? Just I'm- a little, uh, kind of a <laughs> so, little uh, recovering from the parents' weekend, but. Nevertheless, I'm doing good. You've uh, had some good times lately. Obviously, last week you were coming off the Rangers uh, home opener. This week, coming off Parents Weekend, I saw the photos. Looked like you and the kids had a good time. Uh, so, I mean, you know, n- there's nothing wrong with having a good time, Tony. No, not uh, not at all. This kind of going back to that old college uh, atmosphere, but it was good. And it's Tuesday, and uh, just another blessed week, man. What's your favorite place to eat in Norman? Oh, that's a good question. I think that, uh, well, it was so bombarded by so many parents uh, over the weekend, uh, really didn't get a chance to uh, go to a restaurant because, you know, if you have your, it's a little different when your daughter's parents weekend, she has a propensity to make plans and everything. Right. Uh, I don't think the, the, you know, the, the guys, they they don't, they don't plan ahead. Uh, I would recommend there's a place that's been there forever. It's called the Mont. Uh, it's been, it's got a lot of history. Um, as far as really just can't miss, there was a place called, uh, newspaper jam, uh, which is really good. Uh, and it was great breakfast. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, some, and there's a really, uh, a great burger joint, uh, that's been there forever. It's like one of those greasy burgers, hangover kind of hamburgers, but it's pretty good. But all in all, you know, it's just great to go back and be in that atmosphere. It's a sure. lot of fun. Um, there's a place, see, like the places that come to mind for me are the cheap places. Cause when you're in college, it's like what, you know, every place has like a, a Monday special or whatever. Um, on Tuesdays, there was this place and I think they have them in a few other cities. Uh, this place called Gumby's. You ever been to a Gumby's before? No, I haven't. I have not been to a place. Oh, dude, it, yeah. it was a pizza place or it's still a pizza place, but, uh, nobody gets the pizza there. You go to Gumby's, you get the pizza rolls and they're these like, eight inch long doughy cheesy saucy pizza rolls each one on, on tuesdays there are 50 cents each so you take like six bucks and you go to gumby's on wednesdays and you you have enough food for like three days it's amazing uh, yeah i think i think it's more when you go back to to norman and what i've uh, observed is that it's all about the uh, the liquid diet <laughs> that's and, uh, a good way to put but it too. we did go but we but we did go to this thai restaurant because i mentioned there was no reservations because all these restaurants are booked because there's thousands of people in town went to this Thai restaurant and it's probably probably got the the, probably the most spicy food that you'll ever eat they have like a number one they have another uh, number five and I got the number two 
And my friend got the number two, but he was so hot he couldn't eat it. But uh, it was pretty good. I love I love Thai food. So. Right on. Um, yeah. The interesting thing, like I've never been to Norman, but it's it is more of a college town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like, I mean, like Austin or UCLA, like these cities that that are our cities independent of the schools. And parents weekend was always the worst weekend when you were a student, because like those towns normally are relatively, you know, chill, right? Like College Station on a normal day, there's not a ton of traffic, whatever. In the summer, it's awesome because there's really no traffic ever. But on parents weekend, to your point, like you could never go eat anywhere because all the parents are in town. And um, if your parents are trying to get a hotel, the like four hotels in town are all booked up. It's terrible. And the parents are buying too. And, right. And uh, that's the one good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing uh, the, that I've noticed that uh, that's the, the kids want you in town and because uh, the, you're on the parents coin, but it's fun. And, and, and I just, uh, I just learned that uh, not as young as I used to be, but uh, you know, it's good. It's, it's a great experience. And uh, as we move forward to this week, got a lot to talk about on our show. For sure. Well, it seems like you need to ice up, Tony. And before we start, I did want to mention, I told you about this a few months ago. I've been a busy person, uh, so it took me a little bit longer than I'm proud to admit, but I finally finished a book written by one of our loyal listeners, The Iceman. Uh, I've got your copy heading in the mail to you soon enough with your (laughs) BTB polo and cap. Uh, our, Our follower, our listener, James Massey, wrote this. Um, like I said, finally finished it. Very great story. Uh, it's on Amazon for anybody who cares. Uh, here's the, the back sort of uh, synopsis. In post-war Chicago, a humble ice delivery man discovers that his son was struck by an unremorseful drunk driver. Despite the challenges of a police cover-up and the celebrity status of the culprit, he refuses to be denied justice. The ice man will stop at nothing even if that means going toe to toe with the heavyweight champion of the world. Um, so a very good story. Uh, congratulations to James. Big deal to have a, a book published, obviously. A good story worth checking out. And Tony, your copy's in the mail, like I said. Um, it took me a long time to read a book, you know, something that I hope the college kids aren't, aren't you know, partaking in. I hope they're getting their books read in time. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, the Iceman, good deal. Uh, you mentioned it, Tony. We have a lot to get to today. We've got some win totals that have been set by our friends at Bet Online for the Dallas Cowboys and everybody else. And uh, Stephen Jones had some things to say on Monday on 1053 The Fan. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the win totals, though, Tony. Um, this is a bit of a cheat for you because I told you. But how many win totals do you, or how many wins, rather, do you think that Bet Online thinks the Dallas Cowboys will have in 2021? Uh, nine and a half. Yeah. See, if you had gotten that wrong, it would have been a really long weekend, apparently. But uh, nine and a half is the projected win total for the Cowboys this coming season. Um, it's important to remember here that there are now 17 games, uh, which is like considering there's going to be like a 10 and seven record and an 11 and six record and a nine and eight record. It's going to be really gross to look at. Um, and going to take a while to get used to, uh, but I digress. Uh, what's your immediate thought? You taking the over or the under? Well, basically, <clears throat> excuse me, if it was 18 ga- or 16 games, 17, that'd be eight and a half wins. So, uh, look, I, I look at the division. I look at what they're in. I look at what the potential, the potential is. I, say that mildly because we're always looking at this team as potential is that, um, you know, them and uh, the Redskins uh, will probably be kind of similar. I think the Redskins are eight and a half or maybe just a, a, just a notch over. uh, I think it's seven or whatever uh, that I read, but uh, I think that that's, that's kind of the landscape of the the NFC East. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, 
considering 17 games, uh, I'm not overly impressed with it. But if you go by that, in which it seems to me that they're pretty, you don't bet against, against Vegas. It seems like they always get your money. Uh, then that should probably win the uh, NFC East. Uh, so, so it doesn't surprise me, but I'm not just, it's not a wow factor, the nine and a half games in a 17 game season. So let's look at the division. And then I, I have something that might wow you here. Uh, you mentioned Washington, their total set at eight and a half. So one game below the Cowboys, the Eagles at six and a half, just an absolute shame to see. Uh, meanwhile, the Giants are at seven. So a push uh, is possible for the Giants. So I'll, let's, let's go lowest to highest. Uh, six and a half for the Eagles. Would you take the over or under there? Oh, I, I'm I'm gonna go over. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I, over. I, that's a that's a really low number. I, I have yeah. a hard time seeing that. And I and I think the question mark is that whole franchise, different coach, and a different quarterback that moved on. So it's kind of up in the air. You know, the Giants to me, I think they're gonna be better, but. Yeah, six and a half to me. I'm going to take the over on the Eagles. I think that they they can probably get seven wins. Yeah, because I think, like right now, I would take the Eagles to sweep the Giants. Do you know how many times the Giants have beaten the Eagles in the last, like, ten? They beat them, like, once in the ten, last ten years. It, it doesn't no, happen. No, it's some absurd statistic. Yeah. It really is. Um, So that's – I would take the over on the Eagles, and I would take – I mean, again, obviously it's, it's possible for this to be pushed because the Giants are set at seven. But I, if I'm taking the under on anybody, it's – it's New York because I don't I don't think they'll hit seven wins. I mean, um, it will be interesting to see who they walk away with. The, the draft is so fun in that Dallas is 10, New York is 11 and Philly's 12. But even if the Giants do, I mean, a lot of mocks have them taken like Jalen Waddle, um, you know, de- maybe Devonte Smith if he's still there or whatever. But um, I, I mean, I, I mean this with respect. I, I don't see Jason Garrett's offense, you know, dramatically improving. In, I mean, if, if based on a lot of, you know, measurements and a lot of analytical approaches the Giants offense significantly regressed last season. Um, you know, one of the, one of the fewest teams to incorporate pre-snap motion and um, play action, things like that. And so I have a hard time believing that Jason Garrett's going to completely change who he is after one season with the Giants. And so um, if I'm taking the under on anybody, it's them. Yeah. I, I, again, it's just such a, the margin of all these teams is not that not that much. And I think the Cowboys at nine and a half, I mean, three games is, is significant. But I don't know. It just takes one or two games to, you know, to to basically just luckily get, you know, have a win. And I, I don't know when I look at this whole NFC East, but I mean, I think that that's if you go into the season, you're going to put money on something, a money line bet. I think, as you mentioned, I, I'm still going to go over on the Giants. I mean, I, I still mm. look again. You got 17. It's so weird that there's 17 games for the for 2021, and that's kind of the thing that people are going to lose sight of because we're so used to the 16 game barometer, right? And all of a sudden, you got nine and a half. But I think that I think it's. If, <laughs> I, I don't know if this this really is not saying a whole lot, but I think the NFC East may be a a tad better than it was last year. And we well, saw yeah. how horrendous it was. So, so I, I will go over. I will go over on um, both the, the Giants and the, uh, the Eagles. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make 
all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Wow, Tony's picking the NFC East to send three teams to the playoffs, it sounds like. Um, Washington is... That's not saying a whole lot, though, man. Washington's the hardest team to pick at eight and a half just because their defense is so good. We don't know exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be. They're a candidate to trade up. Their GM talked about on Monday how they could trade up for the fifth quarterback, whoever that is. Maybe it's Trey Lance, whatever the case may be. But but they are really hard to figure out. I think the hardest one to figure out... Um, I want to present the Cowboys case to you in two different ways, Tony. Um, so we agree if this were a 16 game season, the number would be eight and a half, right? It wouldn't be nine and a half mm-hmm. for, the, for this year. Okay. Yeah. So if we're, if we're examining it this way, last year, the Cowboys went six and 10, right? So to hit the over on eight and a half, you just have to win three more games, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. do we think that they win three more games with Dak Prescott? last season yeah i i, I think I, absolutely i think with dak you, you without a doubt so uh, right like I, I, with, yeah. with dak they probably don't get swept by washington maybe they lose one game that's fine but that's one win they they definitely beat the eagles the first time the ben denucci game so that's another mm. win and they definitely at least beat the giants in week 17 so there's your third win that gets you mm-hmm. over eight and a half that's nine wins and that would have won the nfc east and right. so, like, that's that's my point. And I understand that the or, you know, the east, the, the lowest hanging fruit here is the NFC East games. And that's you know, that's why I think this over is really attainable. I mean, is it is it stupid? Is it ridiculous to say the Cowboys could win five games in the division this year? No, right. No, I don't, <laughs> right. No. Like they should, I they should think about that. I'm like five. Yeah, yeah that's no, without a doubt. I mean, they, like, I, I'm not trying to count my chickens before they hatch type thing, but like they should again, easily is, is a heavy word, but they should easily sweep the Giants and easily sweep the Eagles and then say they split this series with Washington. So that's five. They've got they've already gotten half of the over. Well, and, and that's, you know, that's almost like a third of their schedule right there. So if you look at look at it that way, it's pretty much a, it's it's a really attainable. Right. That, that's it. Attainable then, a, a division because it's so it's been so weak and it's, you know, again, they're. You know, they're picking them to win nine and a half for 2021. Right. So say they win five games in the division. And those are those are six of their 17 games. So yeah. in, or, in order for them to hit the over, they only have to win five of their other 11 games. They don't even have to go 500 outside of the division to have a, a, a record that hits the over this capacity. And so, like, let me give you some teams I think that they can beat. I think they'll beat the Panthers because the Panthers are still kind of, you know, Sam Darnold, I mean, doesn't doesn't truly scare me. I don't think he scares you. Um, <laughs> I don't think he scares anybody. Uh, but I think they'll beat the Panthers. I think they'll beat the Falcons. 
I mean, you know, that's that's certainly like sometimes I think teams like the Falcons where they have this nucleus and they get a new head coach, they do experience this like this click in that first year, like we thought the Cowboys would last year with Mike McCarthy. So the Falcons maybe not as possible, but the Panthers definitely. And I know Sean Payton is Sean Payton, but I think they'll beat the Saints. Like I don't think Jameis Winston scares either of us either. Right. So there's two. We've gotten two out of the five. I think they'll beat the Raiders. The, the Raiders aren't you know, necessarily an organized team. I think they'll beat the Broncos. That's four. So now we just need one more. Like, and, and it's football. Like, it's a weird thing. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I definitely think the over is possible. So they play all four teams in the NFC South this year. I thought there's, and they play Tampa Bay on the road, which I, right. think, I think the – Yeah, they'll lose I, that I, game. I saw that same bet line, and uh, they're these 11 and a half wins for Tampa Bay for, for next year. But – I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with, uh, as we saw last year, luck, injuries, and things, and so so forth. Um, but yeah, if you just look at those teams, um, I, I think that they can get to that number that we were talking about. So, so uh, it's very, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very friendly schedule for them to get that nine and a half wins. So the last thing I want to talk about on this note. How many this is these are bet online's numbers because DraftKings has theirs, a lot of people have theirs, but we're looking at bet online's numbers. How many teams do you think have higher win totals than the Cowboys? So Cowboys are at nine and a half. So how many teams do you think are higher than that? Well, I know there's Kansas City. I know that I just mentioned uh, the you know Tampa Bay. Um I'm gonna throw in uh, Green Bay. You've got three. Uh let's see Kansas City, uh the Rams. That's four. That's four. Uh, the Seahawks? No, the Seahawks are tied though. The Seahawks are at nine and a half. Uh, so I'm just gonna make a, uh, a guesstimated uh, guess. I'm gonna say, uh, let's go with seven teams above uh, that will have more wins than the Cowboys. You're really close, and I'm warming you up for Tony's trivia. Um, it is eight teams that have higher win totals than the Cowboys. The four that you missed were the Ravens, the Bills. The 49ers, which is interesting because they're going to have a rookie quarterback unless they they trot Jimmy Garoppolo out there, uh, and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but there are a, a handful of teams tied with the Cowboys. The Seahawks are one of them. The Tennessee Titans also at nine and a half, as are the New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins, and the Indianapolis Colts. Well, and that's another thing. It's we're gonna we're with this 16 game mentality, and you add one game. There's going to be a lot more teams, or there may end up being more than eight teams that get over nine and a half wins. That's true. I mean, you never know. That's true. Yeah. Um, next on the docket, Tony, Stephen Jones appeared on 1053 The Fan on Monday, talked about a variety of things. Surprisingly, he did not reveal the team's draft strategy. What a selfish person Stephen <laughs> is. Uh, but um, the subject of the Cowboys trading back has been discussed a lot. I wrote about this last week at the site. Uh, did you know, Tony, and if you didn't read this, my feelings aren't hurt, I promise. Uh, but did you know that of the last six drafts, the 10th overall pick has been traded away three times on draft day? So half of the times over the last six years, the team sitting at 10 overall has traded back on the day of the draft. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, conversation considering where the pick is because I don't think you can really – you can create value with a team that needs to trade up for a quarterback or someone. I and mean, I think that's a great position, especially if you're 10, uh, to be able to create some value in that. But uh, it doesn't surprise me. 
nothing really surprises me in the draft anymore because there's always this different dynamic. And, uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that may happen on draft day for the Cowboys, that they trade that pick to get what they want. Um, uh, but it remains to be seen. So I think they'll only trade back if things go a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, yeah. like, and nothing surprises you. It, it would have to be something like, like Patrick Sertan would still have to be on the board. I think one of the tackles would still have to be on the board. And, and maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe and obviously JC Horn. So I think yeah. it would have to be three, three players they value, the two corners and one of the tackles. And I think when you're considering places they could trade back to, a lot of it depends on, on what quarterbacks are left, how many quarterbacks are left. Um, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you probably want there to be one of the five left so that, that it's the last one. You mm-hmm. want to in- increase the intensity. I think New England is a candidate uh, to move up from 15. And by the way, the Cardinals moved up from 15 to 10 in 2018 uh, to draft Josh Rosen. That did not go well, uh, but still that happened. And the Raiders didn't exactly get a lot of capital in return or the Cowboys could move back to 20. I know that the Bears believe in Andy Dalton, your boy, uh, but I mean, they also are probably, you know, not stupid like this and probably realize that it's probably a good idea to get a rookie quarterback under contract soon. Um, and for what it's worth, the Broncos moved back with the Steelers to 20 over from 10 to 20 um, two years ago. So, um, but, but that didn't exactly yield a lot of compensation either. And so looking at the three times that a team sitting at number 10 has traded back, they haven't picked up a lot of capital. And I think a lot of like when you see these mock drafts, Tony, la- last week, for example, Mel Kuyper um, in his mock, he had the Cowboys moving back from 10 to 15 with the Patriots and they picked up New England's uh, first round pick next year. That just doesn't happen. That's mm-hmm. you're not picking up that much capital to move yeah. back, e- even even though it feels like you're moving really far. That's just not going to happen. And so I don't know that I think it's worth it right now for the Cowboys to move back. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think that again, it's all it's all predicated on what you know what what's available when they get to you know that you know to that uh, that time frame, and I think it just has a lot to do with what New England wants and other teams want, and they're the ones that are basically pull the trigger. And right now, they're starting to contact them, and it'll start to heat up. It always does, uh, but I think for I think for them, it's it's I think you're all about listening. To, you'll listen to anything. Uh, and I think New England, I, and I think they're more, I, I think they're more prone prone to um, draft a, a wide receiver. Um, but I, I think we'll we'll see because we know that uh, you know they need a quarterback. You know Cam Smith, they sign or excuse me Cam Newton, they sign him for a one year contract. Uh, but we all know that they need a quarterback. But uh, right now, it looks to me like they're going to go with a uh, go with a wide receiver. Cam Smith is the uh, Australian golfer that got off to a hot start last week at the RBC. So that's fresh on your mind. Uh, (laughs) So very generic name, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But um, I just, I I think where I ultimately fall, the Cowboys have 10 picks right now, like at Mm -hmm. this moment. And if they trade back, they're going to have more than 10 picks. And like, as it like 10 player, 10 rookies are not making this roster. They're just not. And so, I mean, 
I, I'm and I'm not saying don't trade back simply off of that data point. But if if they're trading back, I, ex- I I would expect a smart front office to trade up several other times, right? Like move up in the third, move up in the fourth, whatever, and go get the specific guys you want. And I don't know that I trust them to be that creative. And to be fair, they did move up in the fourth round last year to draft Tyler Biotish. Um, so they have that capability. But I don't know if I trust them to do it every single day of the draft, which is why I just – I. I, you know, Steven said that teams are calling about it. And so I, I certainly respect and, and want the Cowboys to take all those calls. But if I had to decide right now, if it's, if it's somebody like Patrick Sertan or trading back, I I'm leaning Patrick Sertan at this point, but um, before we get to Tony's trivia, just a simple yes or no answer is, and I think we talked about this last week, but is Patrick Sertan the most obvious Cowboys pick in recent memory? Like of all the mock drafts you see, and I said that I put it this way before, but you could put your hand, Tony, into a random bag filled with all the mock drafts in the universe. And if you pull any one out, it's Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys at 10 overall. Well, I just think it's more predictable in this draft because of, and look, there may be some things that change. I mean, there may be a trade ahead of the, the Cowboys, which kind of just spins it out of control. I mean, there's always surprises. Right. You know, how many times that we've seen it before? I mean, well, last year was just, was an anomaly, I think, with CeeDee Lamb and, Look how that worked out. Um, but I think so, considering I just hope that they put some post notes all over that draft board and that, war, that, that, you know, that war room where they're at and say, look, draft a freaking defensive player, Patrick Sertain. Because I think that that's really where they need to go. I mean, they lose uh, – uh, was he uh, – you know, they lose, uh, you know, lose uh, you know, Cheeto to um, you know, the to free agency. Right. Yeah, so they really – you know, they have a safety, and, and I think that that's probably the best pick that they can go with, that really besides an offensive player skill guy, and it's going to – there's some growing pains that can really come in and really develop uh, real quickly. And I think that that's where they need to really look at. And I think that's – for a defensive player at that position, that's saying a whole lot. Right. Um, that's well said. Okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap up with Tony's trivia, something that's become quite popular. Um, as always, Tony is going off the top of his head. There's no Google, no assistance for him here, no encyclopedias or anything. Um, so Tony, we've talked, uh, and done some trivia about your time with the Falcons. Um, it's time to do some about your time with the Cowboys. Your first game with the Cowboys was Sunday, September 1st, 1991. Who was that game against? Oh, guys, uh, was it? Uh, it was on the road. That helps. Is either the Giants or the Redskins? That is incorrect. Oh. <laughs> I'm the first, first regular season game, to be fair. First regular yeah, season game. Yeah, uh, first regular season game. I'm trying to think, man. That's been um, – I know it was let, – let's see. Was it the Saints? It was not. Man, I'm like it. I, I should Google all this stuff before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, schedule. Okay. It was. Uh, it was the Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that. Do you and remember, I remember th- how, the score? Um, I'm gonna say it was 23 to 10. You're not far off, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it was 26 to 14. Okay. Do you remember well, anything specific about it? Oh yeah, I remember the, how bad the the locker rooms were. <laughs> Okay. If you if you want to go down that rabbit hole at all, Cleveland Municipal. Oh my gosh, it was a, a horrendous. Let uh, me just tell you this: there was no privacy when you went to the restroom, the bathroom. The okay. locker room was about the size of my living room, and I my living room is not that big, uh, and especially for a locker room, there was no stalls in the bathroom. It's like open air. 
and you're going in there for your pregame business and you got a guy next to you and you're looking at, that's not one thing. That's not the, the time that you want to do that, but it's just really high scores. Interesting. Uh, but in a dog pound, especially in Cleveland, that's one of those places where you go and, and look, the fans have been waiting for so long to go to a playoff game. I mean, from, but you go back to when we played there, but yeah, I, that would be the most vivid moment that I ever have. I tell the worst facilities ever was Cleveland municipal stadium. Okay. My last question about this um, it, you know, I think you can do this. Then you can get most of it. Um, who was the starting defense? You were on it. So you've got one of 11. Oh, that's pretty easy. There's me, Russell, Maryland. Um, he, you're, already, you're already missing. You're already off. Okay. Okay. So, um, God, who was starting? It was Russell was, I'm already off in the 19. What it, year it, was that? It, it, 1991. And to be clear, th- this is the way th- that they like qualify starters. It's well, literally, literally the first snap of the game. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, because we had, we platoon, we had, we, you know, we had eight defensive linemen that could have started on that defensive front. So I know it was myself and Tony Tolbert. That's one. Um, that's one. Yeah. So you got you, outside of besides, you, you've got one of 10. Myself. Yeah. Okay, you've okay. you've okay. got one of 10 yeah. that aren't you. Okay. Uh, was it uh, Jim Jeff Goat? That's two. Um, and then so next to me would have been, um, it wasn't Russell. Who was the other? Is it wasn't Leon Lett, was it? It was not. Leon, yeah. Um it wasn't Chad Hennings. God, that's God, that's a great oh Danny Noonan. That's correct. All right, yeah, you've got yeah. the defensive line. Let's uh, move backwards. Um Ken Norton. Okay. Um, we had Dixon Edwards. Um, no, not qualified as a starter, but you're missing two uh, linebackers. Darren Darren Smith. No. Godfrey Miles. No. Uh, God, who was uh, Jack Del Rio? There we go. Okay, we're uh, moving. We're back on I'm track. Really, God, you need to give me preface me for a little bit so I don't have to think so much. Uh, it's great. I mean, it's a great segment, by the way. Got one more linebacker, so that would be uh, God. Who was that other outside linebacker? Uh, Jesse Holloman. No. Do you want to know the side? I mean, you should. If can can yeah. Uh, yeah the right side linebacker for what it's worth. Right side. So that would be uh, Vincent Smith. There we go. All right. All we got left is the secondary, right, Tony. Right, right. Okay. We got uh, Darren Woodson. No. Uh, no, Darren Woodson. Not um, yet. God, that's right. Uh, God, what's – he used to be a coach. Was it Horton? Was he the back end? The safety? Ray Horton was the free Horton. safety. Okay. And then, and then we had uh, uh, Kevin Smith. No. Kevin Smith wasn't starting now. Yeah, who was the corners in? Um, Ike, uh, God, what's his first You're really guy? close. Um, I, I kind of want to give it to you off of that. It was Isaiah Holt. Isaiah Holt, yeah. Okay. And then uh, on the other side was I'm trying to think, man, because I mean, we just it's, it all comes. It, it just seems like it gets a little clouded when you start thinking about this. So I said uh, Ray Horton. Um, I had. Uh, you're missing one corner and the strong safety. Um, that would be God. Who is that safe? It wasn't Bill Bates because he he was more he was a nickel guy. Um, man, I cannot think of that. I think you said the corner's name when we started, and I said no. That's my bad. Manny Hendricks was the right corner. No, I did. God, Manny Hendricks. That's and a great question. The, I, I I will say you'll kick yourself when I tell you the strong safety. It's a wait, really wait. really obvious name. Um. 
Yeah, give me the first the clue for the first name. Mm, he could have been Super Bowl MVP. Oh man, I forgot and, about that. Yeah, that would be uh, James Washington. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. See, that's one thing that changes, man. About <clears throat> about the uh, about the starting lineup. When you go back, you have to refresh yourself. But yeah, uh, I mean, like I, some of that's a little nitpicky. Like I said, Russell Maryland, I think is a is a more acceptable answer. But well, it's just, especially in all. Uh, on the defensive front, because we had so many guys to platoon, but, uh, you know, Ray Horton and Manny Hendricks, uh, and then you had, uh, you know, Ike Holt, uh, and then, uh, you know, some of the, and J-Dub, and then you, you kind of, the years come together, but uh, obviously, I mean, um, you know, the, the next two years changed quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a good time. The only two yeah. touchdowns for the Cowboys, by the way, um, <laughs> Three, a three-yard touchdown from Troy to Jay Novacek and a four-yard touchdown from Troy to Michael Irvin. So Troy, Troy wasn't, you know, hurting his arm that much this day, not throwing these deep passes. I mean, but a win's a win. You know, you take a win and you feel happy about yourself. No, you just, as I say, you just run the football. I mean, you <laughs> let your defense play defense, and, you know, they just kind of put it away that way. Do you remember the Browns starting quarterback? That's a really obvious one. Um, Was it Bernie Kosar? Yep, the yep. one and only. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Another round of Tony's trivia. Well done. I got. I think I feel. I feel like I need to go back and refresh myself with all these stats and everything from the '90s, and that's a long ass time ago. But regardless, I should remember. There's a lot of vivid moments that I remember, especially going to the locker room, which I just described, which is just too much information. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I got pissed off yesterday because um, my Jeopardy didn't record. So that's why that's why I had to quiz you a little bit harder today. Who's, ho- I, who's hosting this week? Uh, I believe it's Anderson Cooper, um, but I couldn't tell you because mine didn't record. So, yeah. I mean, I was I was upset. So that's why as soon as I, I went to look for it on the DVR, I didn't see it. I was like, oh, man, Tony's going to get it hard. I was reading somewhere where there's a God who's hosting in the upcoming Joe Buck is, uh, uh, Joe, is, is he is, really? Well, yeah, he, and apparently he's like legitimately <laughs> auditioning for the full-time gig It's cause Joe Buck doesn't have enough jobs. You know what I mean? Like Joe, Joe Buck's, you know, MLB on Fox guy, the, the MLB playoffs, world series, NFL on Fox, NFC playoff games, the super bowl every three years. He did have the U S open, you know, when Fox had that, I mean, Joe Buck's a busy guy. You know, he's written a book. He had a podcast. I mean, Joe Buck just doesn't yeah, sleep. The, the the Fox broadcast of golf, it just doesn't work. It know, doesn't. But they they did they did do some things where they they brought in like more shot tracers and they used oh, more yeah, drugs. They, they revolutionized. The they, they, yeah. they were awkward, but they really did revolutionize the future of golf. Honestly, they did. But it just some reason it just didn't work. But uh Man, there's a lot of people out there. When you follow Joe Buck on Twitter, there's a lot of haters. Imagine, I was, imagine on, on, on Jeopardy. I but most of those that, people that hate him on Twitter probably don't watch Jeopardy. I will say this, um, and then we can close. Uh, the first Super Bowl I ever worked as a member of the media was Super Bowl 51 in Houston. And people don't know this, but the the broadcast team that does the Super Bowl, they have a press conference, just like, you know, the players do, because it's the Super Bowl, like everybody gets a press conference. And so you can go talk to the people who are doing the game. So like Troy's there and Aaron Andrews, like the whole Fox, Kurt Menefee, Jimmy, you know, the whole Fox crew. And um, it's not it's not like at a podium, but they're in this like conference room and they have these tables. And so I sat down next to Joe Buck and kind of waited my turn. And it was my first time ever doing this. And I I just started asking him questions. He gave me five minutes and like 
treated me like the only person in the room, uh, gave me these long fleshed, you know, thought out answers and really, really, really cool. I've posted the audio before. Um, and at the time I asked him about um, that 2016 year, uh, he had done a lot of things. He had had DJ's US Open win, which mm -hmm. had the controversy down the stretch. Um, he had had the World Series between the Cubs and Cleveland that went to game seven that then went to extra innings. And then I remember had the rain delay. Um, mm -hmm. So it was really nuts. And then the Cubs breaking the drought. He had a bunch of Dak and Zeke, you know, rookie games in that wild run up. And I said, and his book had come out. So I was like, dude, do you just like, it, could you believe that all these things happened to you in the year that your book came out? Like, is that not just the most unbelievable luck? And he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it really is. You know, you can't plan these things. You hope for great moments. And then that would the Super Bowl a few days later was literally the 28 to three game and the first Super Bowl to ever to go to overtime. I mean, it was just really cool. Yeah, as a broadcaster, that's got to be a bucket list. And I mean, just his career and the events he does from one one event to the other. And yeah. Just making my voice crack because it's <laughs> such a fascinating resume that Joe Buck has. Tony's had too much Thai food. Well, we'll see if we can get Joe Buck on the 750 and, and we'll ask him about it ourselves. But uh, Tony, good job. And Tony's trivia, as always. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. is draft week. Get pumped, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday. This was the 750.